Post podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the podcast is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations about sex and sexuality with me. And of course, this is COVID times, so I don't have somebody directly in the room with me, but of course, we can do this all remotely, remotely, remote me, <laughs> remote me, baby, remote me, daddy. Um, <laughs> and today i have somebody joining me actually this is the first time i'm using this software so holler Mm -hmm. at me tell me how you like it this is my my virgin software is with the lovely ginger snap hi ginger how are you hi hi i'm so happy to be popping your cherry today i know is that something you, you get in the habit of doing often I think so. Yeah, I, I'm a first for many, I feel like. Me too. <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell the people who you are and what you do, just as kind of a, an introduction? Sure. Um, I actually I go by many names. Uh, so some of you may recognize my voice from uh, other podcasts or other things that I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but under the name of Ginger Snap, I am a sex worker camming on Chatterbait um, is mainly what I'm doing for income now during COVID times. Uh, I guess beforehand, like right before I was stripping, which was super fun. And I really want to go back, although uh, it'll probably be some of the last stuff to open. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and why do they call you Ginger Snap? Why do you get? Why do you have that name? <laughs> Might I ask? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, throughout my sex working career, I kind of started getting into the fact and 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 acknowledging and figuring out, you know, through probes and questions and Ooh, just probing. I love a yeah, good probing now and then. Exactly. And <laughs> and people enjoyed it from me, so I probed some more. And uh <laughs> and and came to, to figure out that people, you know, have a big ginger fetish. They do. Um yeah, and I'm 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 quite cute. I have the freckles and the short mm. ginger haircut and and then this raging ginger bush, which is <laughs> Yeah, the bush is uh, really what I'm trying to trademark myself as. I think it's a really unique niche. I love and, it. Yeah, and yeah, and and not everybody's on board, but the people who are truly are invested in just worshipping yeah. the, the, the bushliness of, of some people out there. So, yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah, so kind of like a, a niche, you know, a little niche market there, right? Yeah, exactly. I think... Uh, that can kind of set you apart from a lot of people, which nowadays with everybody really being online uh, for sex work, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people definitely uh, turning to that option for sex work. uh, How are you going to, you know, get ahead? Not that you have to, but how do you differentiate yourself from um, a lot of the other people who are online now? Totally. Yeah. And I think you've totally done that. Like I follow, let's be honest, I follow my whole Twitter feed is just sex workers. It's like (laughs) sex workers upon sex workers upon sex workers. And you are the only person I see doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, no, and and I'm the same. Um, I I follow a lot of sex workers as well, mainly just on Twitter to kind of uh, be connected that way and be inspired and supportive. Yeah, totally. um, and yeah, and I, I must compliment you as well in terms of everything that's been happening recently. I really feel uh, your presence and your, you know, acknowledgement and and mm. and just your yeah your uh, involvement. You know, is is really great to see a sex worker who um, is interested in in more than just their own rights. 
thank you yeah, yeah i think it's super important obviously yeah i think it's super important as well like especially since since i'm at the point where i have a fairly large following mm-hmm. you know so like that's a platform so use yeah. if you're not using your the large platform you have if you have one to do the fucking right thing and spread the good word and uplift people then what are you doing you know totally yeah Yeah. I agree and I know the thing is like people are like oh well this is my sex work um profile or whatever it's not like my political profile but it's like sex work is political I didn't know if I don't know if you know that (laughs) um you know we have our own special relationship with the police too um so it's all connected as far as I'm concerned so there you go yeah totally yeah (laughs) So maybe let's talk about uh, how your how Ginger Snaps world looked before COVID times happened, and maybe let's go into what it looks like nowadays. Yeah, what's interesting is um, Ginger Snap was born probably about seven or eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was just a fresh little babe. A little ginger uh, baby. (laughs) Just a little ginger baby. Just like literally just old enough to start doing sex work for Mm -hmm. for me to be online and promote. Um, I actually started on Suicide Girls. (gasps) Oh, love. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I had like one tattoo and, um, you know, the short hair. I think that's as alternative as I was when I first started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did, I did that for, for a while. And then when I moved out, I had a chance to do camming for the first time. This is about maybe two or three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, started on Chatterbait and it was re- a really interesting experience, both my camming experience and stripping experience. I think I really just jumped into the deep end. I, I, you know kind of asked around done a little bit of my research but when it comes to that kind of work I find like and 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 correct me if I'm wrong maybe in your line of work uh as well but um at the very least from my experience in stripping and camming there isn't really like a guidebook or no or, not at all and, yeah you know what I mean <laughs> yes definitely know what you mean yeah so you just had to so, like figure it out right yeah, I just had to figure it out. Um, the, I was very lucky with camming that I had um, some customers, actually, who were nice enough to kind of give me some pointers um, nice. along the way, which, which I don't think you find a lot of the time. I think, unfortunately, sometimes you're, you're in a world where people do let you down and, and abuse and abuse, uh, you know, take advantage they take advantage yeah Yeah. exactly exactly yeah Yeah, so I have yeah I love that I love I've had that experience too where people are like like people like guests and customers and clients are like by the way you could charge like twice as much for this and I'm like Mm -hmm. okay note taken (laughs) thanks you know totally yeah and and even things like um at least in the like so before you asked before what was my uh you know life like working before covid and that was two, really two weeks before um i just delved into the stripping industry mm-hmm. uh and i was loving it I, at first it was like it was a little rocky i wasn't quite sure if it was going to work for me but then i just started having a blast and and really just enjoying myself um enjoying the environment and yeah and just taking it day by day and uh just really immersing myself into the lifestyle which may have not been the most healthy but (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean by that like the party lifestyle yeah totally like you know I I was drinking a lot and staying out late and then you know sleeping in and then just going back to the club and kind of doing it all over again right yes totally Whereas now with my camming schedule, I am able to, you know, wake up, have my morning routine, eat a good breakfast, start around noon. I'm more of a, 
during the day person because I, I don't have a ring light yet. So I get some really good lighting in the bedroom totally. if I I've do one, it like I've midday. on the way as well. <laughs> a oh ring light. my gosh. Because I'm the same way. I'm like, shit, I can only record content like in the daytime. And if I have mm-hmm. to like do a Skype appointment at night, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I've got like three lamps set up. It's so dumb. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to continue this online thing, online thing, you know, I want to be able to do it at night too. So yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got one coming as well. <laughs> well, I actually have a funny story about the lighting. What's if, that? Uh, okay, so I was doing it. I took a mattress from the guest room upstairs. I've been living at my mom's place, right? And okay. she's not around, so I've been able to do camming. So I take a mattress from upstairs and I'm putting, I put it in um, like the kind of dining room kitchen area right behind the island. Okay of of the the kitchen now it's right in line now i do this because it's the best lighting yes but it's right in line with the side (laughs) door that i have which is completely clear and looks into my neighbor's house side (laughs) door which is completely clear love this and (laughs) i realize halfway through a show that i have my toys downstairs and i have a client that's asked me for my toys yeah so i'm in my lingerie and I get up and I run down the stairs. I'm going past the door. And I always kind of do a little look to make sure. And so I go down and I grab the toy. So I have all these dildos and vibrators in my hand. I'm in full out lingerie. I'm coming back up the stairs and the fucking neighbors are having a conversation right, like right, right at the there. doorway. <laughs> You're right there. And if I go by, they're going to they're gonna see me. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I just feel so caught. And, uh, you know, finally they left and I was able to continue my show. But yeah, it's just been quite a, quite an interesting experience this COVID times. <laughs> no, I mean, the privacy, the struggle mm-hmm. for privacy is real, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm kind of lucky too that I have a lot of time here at home because my husband's at his partner's place like his girlfriend's place like half the time pretty much so I Mm. am really lucky in that way but for sure I still have to you know take a Skype appointment like I'm not going to refuse a Skype appointment because my husband is home so it's like navigating of like okay (laughs) I'm gonna go do a Skype now and like go in the next room it's like you know but I'm like conscious that like he can hear me (laughs) So, yeah so I'm like he thinks I'm a total freak right now like <laughs> Nick like listens to uh the the conversations that I have and just is, is hysterical oh my <laughs> gosh yeah because like my my clients I found on on uh chatterbait are really interested in getting to know me nice. um on a on like a semi-sexual le- level but um, on different levels as well like I, I just I really look forward to my camming sessions now because it's something for me to do mm-hmm. it's another way to kind of earn a little income on the side mm-hmm. and I really enjoy talking to people and I think it's something that a lot of us are missing of just even talking to somebody and connecting to somebody definitely um, you know and and I think sex work kind of then has this extra little layer or kind of the cherry on top of the cake where you can have this great conversation but also be able to explore pleasure and mm-hmm. your desires and needs it's it's just it's always been such an interesting industry to me i think a lot of people even talk about how mental health can really be a heavy factor in you know especially like your line of work right with bdsm of that release or that need for pain and pleasure Definitely. um you know through through expressing yourself with that and as somebody who is also a holistic healer as well as a sex worker i would love to one day combine those worlds because i think it's so important totally i 100 percent agree like you know some people people approach kink and approach you know why they want to um you know, purchase the sex workers services, like for lots and lots and lots of different reasons, right? So some are kind of more on the shallow level. But hey, like, I have people that come to me, like I have somebody last night who 
Um, we do Skype sessions every once in a while. So he was like, I just lost my pet. And I'm like, devastated. Do you have time tonight? And like, to be honest, this regular customer, like our talks are mostly about like trying to help him navigate stress Mm -hmm. and grief and achieve balance in his life. Um, and that's like most of our dynamic, like really like, yeah, I'm still kind of doing it from a dummy way. Um, but it's, you know, it's a lot deeper than I think a lot of people would realize, you know? Yeah, totally. And, And you can meet some really genuine individuals through this kind of work, the, the workers and the, the clients, uh, both, you know, um, so it's, it's really, yeah, it's really nice to see. I think it's also fulfills a certain need in my life that isn't being met because of COVID. Yeah. Social, um, social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just meeting new people. And I, I was thinking about this today, like how for, um, like as a polyamorous person, mm-hmm. uh, just from that lens and that perspective of my own experience, uh, it's it's really been quite tough. <laughs> I hear you. It's it's really thrown us for a loop. Like me and my fiance talk to other poly couples that we know, and it's like you know we joke like, hey, how is it being monogamous? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real tea. Yeah, right there. Totally. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can try to, you know, keep conducting your relationships like virtually and remotely, but oh man, you miss that like in-person context so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, I hear you. There are there are struggles. I actually met with a metamor of mine to do a social distance like park hang nice. like the other day just to kind of be like oh, I'm struggling. Are you struggling? Because I'm struggling. Mm. And like, just, you know, that, that, um, just to know that you're not the only one going nuts about this, you know, is like, really, really goes a long way, as far as Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, feeling, feeling alone or, or whatever, right? It's just good to talk about it and just be like, oh, I'm having a hard time. Are you? Yes. Oh, my God, that part's the worst. Like, it's just it's it's nice to hear that you're we're all in this together and it's temporary and we can do it it sucks but we can do it and yeah. uh you know you got this yeah i think it's definitely showing people the resiliency because i definitely feel as though a lot of us are struggling outside of it just being covid but what's amplifying uh those feelings is the fact that we can't just go to somebody to get a hug yes. or, you know, have, uh, you know, some things are opening, but even like things like massages or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or like the in-person sex work. Like I think like mm-hmm. there's, there's so many people who really, when you think about like love languages and physical touch being up there for a lot of people, if you're not having that need met, that can be really hard. Yeah, that can be like devastating for mm-hmm. you, for your mental health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I even count my blessings sometimes just feeling so lucky that I at least have my fiance around and totally. I can't imagine uh, what it may be like for somebody else who doesn't have that opportunity or in that situation. Yeah, completely. Like I totally am realizing like what I'm doing when I do a virtual Skype session you know what I mean like this could Mm -hmm. be a person who is you know isolating completely alone um Mm. or this could be a person who's in an essential job who has these long fucking hard days like and is doing so much emotional labor every day Mm. just going into work like it's it's so important um like it to I don't know for me the way I see sex work is like it's just it it's a necessary thing like sexuality connecting with people 
these things are so, so important. And they're especially important right now. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't have access and, you know, we can't do in-person stuff. But just knowing that I can do like even just a little thing, like do a texting session, like to do hour, an hour of texting on Night Flirt, I'm only making like, you know, 25 bucks or something. Like it's not costing the person, you know, a couple hundred bucks to get in contact with me. Like I offer a range of services that have all different prices. Like that's fairly accessible you know, to Mm -hmm. have an hour of texting, that can be super meaningful. And it's only costing him, you know, maybe 40 once Night Flirt has taken their cut. Like, so I don't know, I just I just I um yeah, it's my job and I'm making money from doing it. But um, I feel like I'm I'm making some sort of difference in people's lives, you know? Yeah, I agree. I've I've kind of always felt that way about sex work and and maybe it's because the person that I am or just the people that I end up attracting from being who I am I guess a big slut Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's true and you meet the most interesting people my goodness I know um and and I was just thinking kind of when when you're talking about sex work being an, a necessity and the need for a lot of people and just how sad it is that there's a lot of groups in the world who have oppressed people from being able to express themselves sexually totally. and not everybody needs to express themselves uh, you know as sexually as everybody else everyone's going to be on a different level and spectrum and uh, you know have different needs and desires and whatnot but to be able to just express yourself within any capacity of that spectrum I think is so so vital and important um, it's part of our biology it's part of our DNA <laughs> yeah totally and not to discount yeah. like ace folks if there's any if no. folks on the ace spectrum that are are listening but but for sure, for a lot of people, um, sex and sexuality is very strongly tied in with your identity. And I think even um, like, you know, I would include asexuality on that spectrum. And that's why I talk about it being a spectrum of what level you wish to express yourself, but to not discredit or discount anybody Um, for whatever level you know what I mean yeah because also Um, even uh, being on the ace spectrum is like can look lots of different ways too and mm -hmm. you know what what types of sex um, or what types of relationships you may want to have in your life so yeah totally yeah I even know um, asexual people who are sex workers yes which I also do right totally yeah and fucking power (laughs) to them yeah totally yeah and I think even a lot of people would find it surprising to know that I'm demisexual, uh, given that I'm polyamorous, I'm sex positive. I think the big, and of course, yeah, I would also label myself as a slut, like 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know. Not, so I'm not saying I'm not a slut. <laughs> yeah, like totally 100% a slut. I think what, for me, my identity and definition in terms of Uh, how I relate to being demisexual is I do need that intellectual and emotional connection first. That's, that's just me. Uh, I, if I, I find that part of you attractive and, you know, things start tingling in my special place and Mm -hmm. I want to jump your bones, then, you know, I'll jump your bones, but Mm -hmm. I'm just not. (laughs) I've seen it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and you can see it in, in, in our chemistry and our body language and the way that I pick up on people's energy, right. Of, Oh, okay. This is somebody that, uh, Ginger wants to pursue a physical connection with where you've probably also seen me at you know places like Oasis where you're approached by somebody in a really aggressive way and it's so unattractive Ugh, yes too many times at least have for I me seen that. yeah yeah and and power to the people who are the type of slut that uh, those one-liners get them going and and they want to uh, bang nine strangers in a night yeah that I'm, I'm all for I'm just also for advocating 
and and having my own voice around my sexuality which is identifying as demisexual and needing that uh, emotional and intellectual connection first yeah so i'm interested how that kind of is woven into your sex work Mm. then like what what needs to happen for you to be to show up sexually um for people that you don't really know that well Mm -hmm. yeah i think i was just kind of when i first started camming Mm -hmm. i don't think i was as confident as i was as i am now um, I think uh, for the past three years, I've learned a lot about myself and I've gained a lot of that confidence. And interestingly enough, I've actually had uh, clients from two years ago come back into my shows and recognize me. Oh, amazing. And and I recognize them. And I can tell that they've kind of seen the like growth in me and they're uh, really complimentary. And it's been a wonderful experience. And I also gained a lot of new uh clients as well but i think my ability to connect to people on a way like and that because that's my thing is i'm wishing to connect to people on an intellectual and emotional level and so that's what i put out there yeah and i think that's what i then attract in return um is people who are interested in that Whereas like the people who, you know, it's just all about, you know, sex, 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 sex. That's kind of the, they have a one track mind. I'm more easily to dismiss them now because I just, I don't feel like wasting my time. I don't feel like wasting their time and it's their money too. Right. So even in um, the, the strip clubs, I would be very, kind of picky about the the customers I would approach knowing very well that maybe I could make more money in a night yeah but it was also worth it for me to have a good time let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Totally. Yeah. And I love how you have, um, you know, these certain boundaries around your sex work. Like that's how you do like how you're in this industry long term, as you clearly are, by having really strong boundaries surrounding it. So fucking kudos. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I think boundaries are really important. And I think it's um, a topic that gets misconstrued in the sex positive world and in the polyamorous world i know a lot of people who kind of uh shy away from boundaries thinking oh you know like i'm i'm supposed to be free and be able to do what i want fuck who i want um you know that's that's the lifestyle that's kind of the mentality And I think you can do a lot of damage, not only to yourself, but to other people when you don't have a clear idea of how you want to go through relationships, how you want to express yourself, um, what's okay to do to your body, what's okay uh, not to do to your body. Yeah, totally. And that's something that's kind of interesting. Um, I think uh, we can imagine how that would come into play when we're doing in-person sex work. 
But I Mm. think what also another thing, kind of another layer to that is how that still matters when we're doing this remotely, like Mm. say doing a cam show, can you maybe go into how that, how um, maintaining strong boundaries around what you would like to do or not like to do still applies for camming? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what's important around cam shows are sometimes the private shows. Okay. And the private shows can make you, based on uh, doing certain settings, can make you like a good amount of money in a certain amount of time because they're paying you by the minute. They're paying you tokens by the minute. Instead of like a lot of the times during just a regular cam show, uh, especially when you're just starting out, you're kind of lowballing yourself a little bit in terms of your tip menu. You know, like I have like five tokens to like flash my tits, you know, which really in the scheme of things isn't very much. Um, but in the private shows, you can do like, you know, 12 to 18 tokens a minute. The person ha- must have 100 tokens. Uh, they have to stay on for 10 minutes. You know, you can put kind of parameters around it. And then it also gives a client a chance to really tailor their experience in terms of what they want. What I think is important to do before getting into a private show with somebody is having them private message you and kind of go through what it is that their expectations are. Um, what it is that they want from you so that you have kind of that negotiation before they start the show. Because I could understand from a customer's perspective, you know, you're all excited, you want somebody to do anal, let's say. You start the show, you're locked into the room for at least, you have to be there for at least 10 minutes. If that's the parameters that you've put, you can do more or less, you know, whatever. But for me, I do 10 minutes. And all of a sudden you start the show and you say, well, can you do anal? And the person's like, well, no, that's not what I'm comfortable with. Well, now you're, you're locked in. You've given all this money to somebody who you didn't necessarily get out of the experience what it was you were looking for. Totally. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. similar where like I don't practice full service domination. So yeah, somebody would actually get all the way to the ritual chamber and we're negotiating before the scene, before they brought up that that's what they're expecting. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 you don't touch me. I touch you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So I love that you are kind of approaching this like from a kink context of like, okay, let's have a little negotiation before we actually enter into the private room just to manage everybody's expectations. So nobody walks away feeling upset, you know, or like they didn't get what they yeah. wanted. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you, you you can kind of, you learn a little bit along the way, like, I definitely have just learned from experience. And I'll continue to learn from experience, you know, I'm not yeah. uh, a top cam model by any means, or, you know, all know all the ins and outs, um, still very much learning. But it's been great to talk to other people in the community and learn from them and learn from customers. And then on top of that, learn from your own experiences and kind of trip and fall and stumble along the way a little bit. But if you have a good community and um, a good head on your shoulders, I think you can get through it on the other side without too many scrapes and burns. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah, because as you said, there isn't a training manual for this. So Mm -hmm. there's part of you that's like trying to do some research and talk to people and whatnot, but also part of it where you've kind of just got to do it and figure it out um, as you go did you have like a learning curve as far as since we're talking you know about Mm -hmm. boundaries about um, say somebody requesting something that you felt uncomfortable with and being able to say no that is not something I offer like is that something you had to learn Mm -hmm. definitely hardcore uh, especially with the private shows uh, because like a, like we've been saying, there really isn't a manual or a guidebook or, you know, a training session of the 10 top cam models who put you in a room of orientation and <laughs> kind of <laughs> take you through uh, the steps and stuff. And uh, I remember when I first started camming, I didn't have any of my settings on for a private show. So I think it was something like a token a minute, they're they you know they could come in with like hardly any money stay for like you know three minutes 
and that was it like there just wasn't any any parameters and I wasn't aware of this um and also you know there's some things that it's important to know your worth and know um how much time and energy something takes when you have like a really big request yeah and if you have something where you know you want somebody to pay you more for something have them pay you first have them pay you first nice totally. definitely learned the hard way that somebody asked me for a private uh feces show i told them that that was more and they said that they would pay me at the end and didn't they got a private show i literally got nothing out of it and and it just it it sucked because it would have been something that I would have enjoyed doing for somebody. But in that circumstance, I felt more used. Of course, they stole from you. Mm -hmm. And I had the same thing happen at a strip club. There was, uh, I was working it one night and there was a guy I had seen with a couple of girls. He seemed to be somebody who was spending a lot of money. And he finally came around to me and we're doing the dances and normally, you know, after each song, I'm like, okay, the $20 yep. and then we can continue if we want more. But at each song, I'm getting my money. Yep. And I was saying it to this guy and he's like, oh, no, like five songs, five songs, then I'll give you a hundred. Right. I'm thinking, okay. And, you know, we get to the end of the five songs. He says, I need to go to the bank. Uh, I'm like, okay, this seems kind of sketchy. And I tell the security, you know, the, this guy needs to go to the bank to get his money from me. Mm -hmm. And he goes to the bank, he comes back, he comes back empty handed. The security is like badgering him to like get money, get money. Like, where's your money, man? And he's emptying all his pockets. He has nothing. He gets kicked out without his jacket, but nothing else was really done. Like I lost a hundred dollars that night. And it's just so infuriating. And you know, they do tell you, they kind of, that's the one thing that they tell you going into the strip club, at least at the strip club where I worked, is they're like, get your money up front. Because yeah. they've obviously had this happen to so many girls where you don't get your money up front. And then it's like, well, what can you do? Like, are you going to beat the guy up for not getting your, you know, like, there's yeah. are just... you going to call the police? Talking about the police right now. Are you going to call the police? <laughs> yeah. Fuck no, you can't call the police. No. A sex worker can't call the police and say somebody stole from me. Fuck no, that's not enough. And the, and the screwed up part that I find in um, the stripping world, and because like, I have a lot of friends who are escorts. So, you know, I don't have personal experience, but I can kind of tell from their stories that things are definitely you know set up with the expectations that you know you are paying for sex and usually if you work through an agency you have like a little bit of um uh support and like and right. protection in a way whereas at a strip club we're asked to do essentially escorting yeah all the time <laughs> and we're not supposed to be yeah. But we get asked to do it all the time. And, and some girls it's it's, do offer some services. And it's like for sure. a gray area, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, you, you make a lot of money from it. but And it's actually, it's hard being um, one of the few girls that doesn't offer it. I, I personally don't offer anything more than a lap dance. So I don't offer hand jobs. I don't offer blow jobs. I've been asked for sex and I literally tell them if you want to pay me a grand, you can fuck me. Yeah. And they say that's too much. And I say, well, then why don't you go to an escort? Yeah. But there is literally a industry set up for you. Yes. If you so please. And to do it in a more safe and um, clean way. I guess clean isn't the, the best word to use. Um but in a safer way, you know, sure. where it's where you have the parameters where it's like actually set up. Yeah. Well, it's I think it's that power thing of, well, they don't want it from somebody who's offering it. They want to get mm. it from somebody who isn't like I've dealt with that, too, where people mm -hmm. are trying to dominate the dom and like manipulate mm. me into whatever, getting angry or trying to press my buttons. You know what I mean? Like they <laughs> want because it's that that 
you know, they're fetishizing that lack of consent, right? And mm. that's great, like in the fan in a fantasy world, if I'm consenting to a con non con scene, or right. they or a client is or whatever, or, you know, you and your personal life are, you know, bought are are opting in to play with this non consent fantasy. But like people try people are trying to do that for real. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> It's, it's, it's abuse. It's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. It 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 truly is. It's gaslighting. And... It's emotional abuse. It's manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's all these things. It's all these things that people are so unaware sometimes of how um, triggering their actions and their words can be, um, and just don't take the time to treat someone else like a decent human being. And, you know, it's been really unfortunate in, in my case um, of being a more voluptuous individual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I grow up um, not loving certain parts of myself, hating that I have big breasts because it gets so much unwanted attention. Mm-hmm. And that can do a lot of damage on your body by mentally telling yourself that you dislike a certain part of your body can then manifest in a really terribly physical way. And, you know, words have power. And I think intention is also power. Mm -hmm. So when people have this just really gross intention behind their words and behind how they treat me, it just, it, it weighs on you. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. Like anytime I have, yeah, I have, you know, that you have that, um, those instincts about a person, you know, they make mm-hmm. you feel a certain way. Like I've had, I, you know, the majority of my clients, my in-person clients um, and my online folks too have been lovely, but mm-hmm. you know, when you get a bad feeling about somebody, like their intention is not something you're on board with right you know that you can feel that and there are some times when I've gone through with whatever you know or let them have whatever despite that and then after I'm like I need to I need to learn from this and I need to set up boundaries around this and I need to know that I can say no for any fucking reason in the world you know, mm-hmm. including, I don't have a good feeling about this person and trust your instincts and say no to whatever. No, I won't do a session with you, even though I know I'm going to make like 550 from it. Like, right. you know, or you sessioned with me in the past and it was fine, but now it feels weird or it's, you know, a bit further than I'd like to go or kind of a new request. Like those are just like we were saying, those things that you kind of learn along the way. Um, mm. To just trust yourself more when that happens. Yeah. yeah. And just um, take less. Like, I've learned to take less and less shit. That's for sure. Well, I think the pandemic has almost, like, taught us a lot about how to set up healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Because we're almost, you, you know, like, you're called. Because there are some cases where, you know, somebody reaches out and and really needs a hug and all you can offer based on wanting to protect yourself is, Hey, I could go for a social distance walk. You know, that's all I could offer because you know, you have, you're wanting to protect yourself and the, your loved ones and uh, everyone that's extended from that. So I think we're very much called to have to set up those boundaries in terms of, okay, who are we letting in? Who are we being wary of? Um, who are we just saying, you know, I, I, I can't, um, I'm unable to, you know, all these things. It's, it's very interesting because I, I remember a question from a friend. I was doing like a Skype session a couple weeks ago and they were like, what's the weirdest thing that's happened to you that wouldn't have normally happened to you if it hadn't been COVID? Mm-hmm. And I was walking in my neighborhood earlier today 
And this guy drives by in his car and kind of gives me a look and I give him a look back and he parks kind of down the street at this construction site. He's working on this house and he comes up and asks me for my number and I'm caught because (laughs) normally I would, you know, cute person passes me by we kind of have a good vibe have a little bit of a chat mm-hmm. ask for my number ask to hit me up and I'm just like I'm almost even like what's the point like because can anything really develop right at this at this time when you really can't meet past six feet yep <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a couple kind of suitors at the beginning of this that I was like, Mm. I was just like, no, no, I can't. Like, and these were people I didn't know very well. So I was like, at at a time where I'm not going to have as many emotional spoons as I usually have, am I willing to put time and energy into something that to me, it's not logical? Why would I put time and energy into this person that I don't even know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that I can't get to know by fucking like that's how like let's be honest that's how I get to know people <laughs> like, <laughs> so like for me I'm like fuck first and then we'll get to know each other after you know that's how I figure out if I like you or not like I'll fuck you right. and then and then the rest kind of is built or whatever right so for me I like I kind of just didn't see the point I was like mm-hmm. I, I gotta say no <laughs> Yeah, I think not having that option, because even this guy was like, oh, we can go for a walk around the park, like, and I'm looking at him going like, dude, really? (laughs) That's all you want to do? You want to have, you want to walk around the fucking park? Yeah. Like, you know, I, and you can, you can tell when there is sexual tension or when somebody wants more or, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it, the option's not there. I mean, I guess it could be a hot tease, but for how long? Yeah. We don't know. Do I want to tease for four months? That's what we want. That's what we want. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants that. No, no. Like I, I'm not that much of a masochist to (laughs) exactly. You know, (laughs) put myself through that torture. Maybe a week. Maybe a week. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like I'm at the point where doing in-person work again is like still so off in the future for me. Yeah. So like for stuff like that, I'm like, dude, I'm like barely at the point where I feel okay doing social distance meetups with like the friends I have, you know, like I'm Mm. just at the point where I feel okay, like going to a park and sitting six feet from someone so like that's a big ask to even like ask me like oh well let's go to the park like a stranger essentially is asking me like let's go to a park and walk around I'm like big ass buddy (laughs) like yeah I literally only started doing that like a couple days ago (laughs) oh my god like I haven't seen my friends in like you know however long three months (laughs) yeah I'm not gonna start seeing you yeah yeah, I'm just going to start seeing your this random ass guy. Of anybody. Of anybody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. choose you? What? No. <laughs> That's what's interesting. I think it's like, it really shows who your people are. It does. Yes. Like who you've stayed in contact with and stuff. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's wild. I, I definitely feel secure in the queer sex positive community like those are those are my people those are the people that I've you know stayed really stayed in contact with and and been talking nonstop with just nice throughout this whole experience um and especially getting back into camming I think like it can be really nerve-wracking um, putting yourself out there in such a vulnerable way so mm. having people that I can kind of laugh with about you know the neighbors looking in <laughs> or totally. uh, you know like just little <laughs> little stuff like that it kind of it's nice to know that I'm like don't have anybody to talk to about this like if I was just doing it yeah willy-nilly and uh, by myself I think that would be 
kind of tough, especially with like the learning curve, you know? Yeah, for sure. I had, uh, I was recording a video for somebody, uh, like a custom 10 minute Mm. video for somebody and they wanted me to just like paint my toenails essentially. So, um, (laughs) my husband is home. Uh, he's in the next room obviously, but, um, he, uh, like halfway through the video. So I've painted like, you know, half, like one foot basically, um, and Matt sneezes the loudest fucking sneeze <laughs> from the next room that like is fully, fully, clearly picking up on the mic. <laughs> like, nice. And I'm like, I I just got to barrel through because continuity. Like I've already painted half my foot. What I'm gonna go and take it off and start again and then like fuck no. <laughs> Oh, so I'm like, man. oh, well, the sneeze stays. The sneeze stays. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I uh, loved, you know, going to my little group chat with all the, my slutty friends and being like, yo, this just happened and like, whatever. And I like would send them the blooper, you know, of him sneezing and people are like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, that's great. You need that community. I think especially mm-hmm. with remote sex work. Because it yeah. can feel very isolating. Like, you do it from home, you know? I think, like, yeah. having a community around it is that much more important. And, yeah, even having, like, um, phone chats with some people. Like, because when I'm camming, it, I sound insane. Like, I literally, because I'm just talking to myself. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, there's <laughs> nobody else talking back to me like obviously I'm there I'm seeing them type and I'm having a conversation with what they're saying through typing but you know there's it's just it's weird man I I spend so many days talking to myself talking to my cat (laughs) yeah you gotta talk to somebody else like actually talk to somebody else once in a while you know yeah totally totally (laughs) yeah and even have like something not around what your work is right because I remember when I first started camming I was also working at a sex store so my life really revolved around sex work day in and day out um, night and day and you know then I'd go on these tinder dates and they'd just be terrible because it just it just felt like then the conversation revolved around that again um, instead of it being like a relief of, oh, okay, I can talk about something else or I can even talk about work, but in a more like lighthearted, fun way. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. That's like, a, yeah. and that's a great boundary to have, um, surrounding your sex work. You know what I mean? Like, okay, maybe I take, you know, a couple hours every day to do something that is not sex work. Like that's a great kind mm-hmm. of thing to set for yourself, you know, where I'm not on sex work Twitter, where I'm not, you know, checking on my emails and doing admin, where I'm not actually doing the work, but like when I'm doing something totally different. I think that's a fantastic boundary to set for yourself. It's good to separate it sometimes. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy getting into work mode, um, which is like, you know, I'll normally masturbate in the morning and like have a really nice shower and then get like really like for an like uh, for an hour now, which normally in the past, like I put on a little mascara, a little blush and I'm done. Yeah. But now <laughs> I've been like getting really dolled up for my shows and stuff and having a really great time kind of getting into that like feeling headspace. sexy. and Yeah. Getting into that headspace. Nice. Yeah, but then when I'm done, I'm just like, okay, now I want to like De-drag. take a walk and yeah, yeah, do something for myself. Um, yeah, de-drag, de-dragify, <laughs> untuck, you know, untuck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a wild ride getting back into it, and it really has only been a couple of weeks um i know it's, but it's been it seems like forever it seems yeah. like it's been a year <laughs> oh yeah i mean quarantine has been forever <laughs> yeah. for sure um yeah yeah my my sex work just hasn't been as long i don't know why it took me so long to get 
back into it. But I just think it's nerve wracking. I think, you know, I just think you have to be in the right headspace and have a really good sense of yourself and have a really good routine. Um, I think for me, routine is just really important. Like everything that I described of kind of what I do before going to work, um, mm-hmm. essentially, yeah, is to just kind of, yeah, get into that headspace, right? Yeah. So. And what you do after, yeah. Like I have aftercare for myself mm. that I usually do. I love to take a nice, long, luxurious shower after, yeah. get, a, get a nice meal, you know, um, totally. have a nice tea. That's huge for me. Having a tea is like, that will just reset me to have a tea. I love it. <laughs> Mm, yeah you're a tea person nice big tea person yeah and or even like get just sitting on my balcony I'm lucky that my condo has a nice balcony so it's like okay Mm. inside you're working you know on all the screens like for a few hours and then like go outside and just sit outside listen to a podcast listen download an episode of the bedpost podcast you know just that's definitely what I do in my free time that's for sure (laughs) I love you I love you for it yeah Uh, so ginger um we are kind we're getting to the end of the thing here so I know so sad do you have you know any last words that we didn't cover that you wanted to say or um and then you know I'm gonna ask you for all your lovely information so people can find you and and tip you big amounts of money (laughs) (laughs) perfect um you know I think if you're somebody like myself who's ever had an inkling of doing any degree of sex work that your little heart desires, um, do maybe a little bit more research than I initially did. <laughs> um, you know, try try to reach out to somebody that maybe that you know is in the industry if you can. That's that's what helped me. Um, a little bit is like knowing a couple people throughout the industry who, you know, had their advice and stuff like that. I will also say, though, stay true to yourself. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was told for camming and for stripping, because I have short hair, people always told me to wear a wig. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I hate wearing wigs. They're they're really uncomfortable. And when you're dancing or masturbating, you get really hot. Yes. And it's just, it's uncomfortable for me personally. And I really like my short hair. I dig my short hair. My clients really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so never really like, you know, doubt who you are when it comes to expressing yourself through sex work. Because I think then you're going to get the clients that you want. You're going to people are going to gravitate towards you because you're uniquely you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and I think advice. if you, yeah, you sell that, you know, <laughs> totally, totally. And ginger snap, where can mm. we, where can we give you all our money? <laughs> yeah. Well, I would definitely <laughs> um, follow me on Twitter because that's where I put out all my schedules. So my Twitter handle is at snap with two P's one, two, two. So at snap with two P's, one, two, two. Um, And that's, yeah, that's how you can follow me um, on Twitter to know about my chatterbait schedules and things of that nature. I am ginger snap, again, two P's, one, two, two on chatterbait. You should be able to find me. (laughs) Question mark, question mark. (laughs) You know, uh, but just follow me on Twitter because that's the the and you get some really hot photos. So you that's do. The way. Oh, you certainly do get the photos. <laughs> I love you posted some in the forest of you tied up in the forest recently. Oh. I was like, oh, I can't. This is too much. That was it. so much fun. Yeah, my fiance tied me up to trees and <laughs> gagged me, and ugh, it was beautiful. You're just a little, just a little helpless forest nymph. Is yes. <laughs> Just a little non-binary fairy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. I'm going to get that tattooed somewhere. (laughs) Um, Yes, so, okay, what are the things I need to tell you? Of course, we're talking about Twitter, so I'm at the ladypim1 on Twitter. I'm pim.lady on Instagram and at the bedpost podcast on Instagram. I had to put both my things on private though now because I had some issues with mm. the crazy fur. Anyways, it's mostly over. 
I think, knock on wood. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to email me about anything podcast related, you can do so at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. Uh, Patreon, so many fun, cool things on Patreon right now. We are The Bedpost Show. Patreon.com slash The Bedpost Show. So you can check us out there if you want to give me all your money. Um, but, you know, why not both? Give money to Ginger, give money to me. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a blast <laughs> and last but not least the lovely person who does uh all the original music for the podcast that is stephanie copeland and you can find out all the uh all the information about her other art and her other music at stephcopelandmusic.com so thank you ginger snap this has been such a lovely conversation thank you thank you yeah this has been really fun it's i'm a little saddened that we don't get to embrace and have a little chat afterwards but totally uh, yeah i look forward to that in the future me too me too 100 percent. and thank you to everybody who's been listening we'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the bed post podcast talking about sex and sexuality until then love you guys thank you so much bye bye This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.